Welcome to the Pain Education Podcast. My name is Alex Corey, and as always, I'm joined by Bill Paravano. This podcast is brought to you by the Camella Foundation. Our mission at the Camella Foundation is to relieve pain naturally using osteopathic healing principles. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time Live with your questions where we'll be going into detail on how the underlying patterns in your neurology are affecting pain and tension in your physical body. How are you doing today, Bill? Good. How are you doing? I apologize to everyone for the late start. We uh, took a couple weeks off because I've been traveling and sick and I might still have a little lingering uh, voice issue there. So I excuse myself for that, but tech issues while we started the restart. So sorry for the tardiness. you had an interesting weekend and I haven't gotten the full details of it yet. So we've mentioned the people about Sistema before and you were at a a conference. Is that right? This weekend? Seminar. Seminar. Seminar in Durham. A good buddy of mine. Um, oh, who they got? Glenn Murphy and um, Pasquale Antonio. They put a, um, a seminar. Uh, together out in Durham, they brought in Emmanuel Manolakakis is uh, one of the top system instructors in North America, brought him down to um, Durham, and wow. they did a two-day seminar out there. Okay. that's ins- So re- how long has it been since you've, you're going to be teaching it again every Saturday locally, yep. correct? Yes. It's been seven years. Yeah. It was how a minute. did it come back? It never went away. That that was a thing. Like, I don't think of my understanding of the martial arts. It doesn't change just because I'm not necessarily going to practice every day. It's something I've taught my daughter ever since she was nine months old. You know, just things that uh, breathing, movement, relaxation, that applies to every aspect of who we are as human beings. Right. And uh, I got to witness a little bit of it whenever in the um, over at your house the other day, and it was a slow motion. It looked like slow motion, soft Kung Fu. So I'm very, we'll tie it into today's conversation topic. I put as neurological capacity, mm-hmm. uh, stresses impact on that and systemas, how Sistema works with that. And I think that's a, a fascinating topic that I didn't fully understand. Whenever you said that, I didn't fully grasp all that that entails. So that might be a good place to start. Um, could you, what is, what do you think of, or how would you explain to someone neurological capacity? That's your capacity of your nervous system to handle stress, to handle different situations. Um, and not only ability to handle stress, because some people handle stress and then they're dysfunctional afterwards. But it's, the, it's what I refer to as autonomic flexibility. It's the ability of your nervous system to get really stressed and then really relaxed. And um, what I'm seeing in, in society across the board, you either have people hanging out at one end of the spectrum or the other. You have people that you know are like gung-ho, let's train martial arts and going full go all the time but their body's breaking down they don't have the capacity they don't they didn't build that recovery into their training that allows them 
to make it sustainable. Right. Like, uh, and, and I, I see that I saw it firsthand from my training in judo before I got into Sistema. Yep. A lot of the guys that I trained with, you're getting joint replacements, knee replacements, hip replacements, fused uh, discs in their neck and in their back and stuff like that. It's because there's no healing, uh, no neurological recovery, the ability of the nervous system to recover after a difficult training. And, you know, it's cool and people can act all, you know, gung-ho and like go for it, which is great. I believe the body is there to be pushed, but if you don't build that recovery into it, then um, in terms of a, a fight, if mm -hmm. you're training for um, someone going to carjack you or hold you up or with a knife or a gun or whatever that is, well, you're too stressed out to even respond genuinely to the situation you're okay. also also too broken down right <clears throat> and that's on that's on one end of the spectrum and on the other end of the spectrum you have the um the the people who are just you know love and light and all energy and all that kind of stuff which is great not judging against it however there isn't that capacity to show up and do what needs to be done in a, in a grounded way. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I know both ends of that spectrum. Well, how would you measure personally your neurological capacity? I'm sure most people will have some idea of where they lay or not <clears throat> on any given day, but how do you, how do you tell what your neurological capacity could you can you train to have more or is it a fixed amount? No, you could train to have more. Okay. Um, and there's the right kind of training to have more. Um, there, there's a there's an interesting saying from my my instructor of Vladimir up in Toronto. One of the things he said is be a normal person. The, the main thing in Sistema is to know yourself, hmm. know how, um, know how you respond in different situations because you're going to respond in different situations differently based on your mental or emotional or physical state. Right. So when you begin to understand that, those aspects of yourself, then you get a better idea of how to show up in different situations back to a quote that uh, Vladimir shared and it was like you know be a normal person like be in the middle of the road because if you're too nice it's too far to go to be an asshole right if you're too much of an asshole it's too far to go to be nice so being in that that center of that um you know take every situation as it comes without the judgment or expectation of how it's going to turn out. And that allows you to have more of a genuine response to any sort of situation. Right. That conjures ideas of monks, I guess. So <clears throat> whenever I think of any type of martial arts training, I always think of centered. So mm -hmm. footing, starting mm -hmm. with, and just making sure you're not 
usually the the classic <clears throat> iteration is a master trying to teach the disciple to not be anticipatory. And you can always think of someone waiting for where the attack's going to come from and they'll push their energy one way or another. And obviously the attack will come from the other direction. And that mm -hmm. teaches you to, to not, not lean in any one direction, I suppose, and just be centered so that you can have an appropriate response. Is that mm -hmm. similar? Very similar. Okay. And the real work comes in having the genuine response. And too many people get tied up in the uh, overwhelming massive attack to defeat your um, de defeat your opponent. And yeah, that's great. But what I'm saying is that the response does not uh, justify the stimulus, right? What came in, and that's where you see with a lot of situations with police is that they don't have the proper training. They don't know themselves. Right. So they have this disproportionate response to the threat. Right. I think Not a minimum effective dose almost. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And when you begin to understand that, then you get a, you know, people could be handled as people based on their response. Right. <clears throat> so most people will probably know what, the high end of stress feels like <clears throat> and we've chatted in previous podcasts about finding finding your baseline for one but how do you find the opposite end how do you find the opposing extreme so you know what that feels like on your autonomic flexibility uh you create a contrast you begin to create a contrast from the experience you're currently having with a different experience and there are a lot of it happens as a result of the type of training that you have mm. uh, in Sistema. The focus is on uh, we strike, we strike the body, but we strike the body with an intention to heal, and you don't see that a lot in your uh, regular martial arts or typical martial arts. There's the the striking to uh, break the body or break the person and what ends up happening is it builds up in uh anxiety in the right. person that you're working with and when you build up that anxiety it creates tension in them so in order to work with them you have to strike through the uh, tension that their body has and in order to get inside. So it's kind of like the arms race. It right. just keeps upping upping the tension and whoever is the, the toughest is the one that wins. However, um, if you're focused on keeping the body in a relaxed state, in a parasympathetic state, while a conflict is happening, uh, many times just your movement and relaxation absolutely striking and i'm not saying you're you're striking lightly but it's just it's proportionate to what you're experiencing and while i'm thinking about it since you had your seminar over the weekend and we're talking about knowing yourself anything you learned about yourself with all of that uh all of that refresh refreshment on the, the material and curriculum and movement any of that anything you discovered over the weekend 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There was a, the, if you recall, and this was conversations we've had offline, I had a, a incident with um, getting sick and dehydrated and uh, passing out, have falling. Mm-hmm. And there was a pretty intense fascial strain that I had going from my right ankle up my right leg into the knee, into the hip, into the body. Well, it shows up in the front of the body. And when I was getting hit there, it is very tender, uh, very difficult to kind of be like, okay, I'm open, hit me. Because yeah. <clears throat> it's difficult to uh, relax on that level when you have a subconscious, un- unconscious uh, pattern that's going on in the neurology that is, it doesn't, the body doesn't know how to let it go. Because if the body knew how to let it go, it would let it go. But it doesn't know how to let it go. So it holds on as a protective mechanism that ends up in how I sit, I stand, I move, I lie down, I breathe, it, like it affects everything. And it's in there underneath the surface of what I'm dealing with on a daily basis. As um, as I was getting struck in those mm-hmm. places, it's like, what? You, you begin to experience your humanity right. as to, you know, you don't feel so tough because you know it's that, it's that one spot that you want to kind of hide and turn in a way yep. so it doesn't get hit. But in doing so, in moving that way, your opponent, who's also studying tension in themselves and other people, recognizes that pattern that you're that I was trying to hide and it makes it easier to strike. Like the it's the the hard parts of the phys- of the physical body that make it easier to strike. And so that would be a great intro into a strategy. If you're in pain, even if it's not a tremendous amount of pain like you are, if you're if your body is protecting an area, but you have to perform. Are there strategies that you can use to, <clears throat> will your body naturally compensate and there's no way around that? Or are there ways where you can sort of balance it out in the moment? Or are you just stuck with that, that, uh, that imbalance? Well, it's what you're working with. You can look at physical tension in the body the same as if you're going into a conflict carrying some sort of weapon, mm-hmm. um, stick or something in your hand, that holding of that weapon actually creates tension in your structure. So it, the, the handicap or the physical tension pattern that's going on in the body uh, can perform, can result in the same sort of compensation as you would if you had a weapon, because you're not necessarily acting genuine. A person who picks up a weapon is going to hold a different level of tension in their physical body than a person who doesn't. Right. Good point. And on that same note, while I'm thinking about it for stress, mm -hmm. because that was part of the the whole thing as well. Is there a way to, if you're going into a situation, so if you had like an extremely anxious moment before you were going into your seminar 
which mm-hmm. you might have, and your stress levels were just high, so you could feel the cortisol pumping almost, or your adrenaline was getting spiked up. Is there anything that you have had success with to bring yourself a little bit closer to your baseline to a parasympathetic response before you go into um, something where you won't be able to relax, like your your seminar or training? Could you ask that question again? I didn't quite get it. Do you have any strategies to bring yourself immediately closer to baseline before you go into something, like before you mm-hmm. went into your seminar mm-hmm. or into a training where you know that it's going to be revealed? Yeah. Uh, so I went in, uh, there, there was actually a training on Friday night. Mm. They had some of the other instructors there that were teaching as a Friday evening, kind of a warm up kind of thing. And I realized I hadn't been training for a number of years and mm-hmm. I hadn't been moving around with guys for a number of years. So there was this place where I just wanted to be open. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be uh, going there with an attitude or an ego. Right. Uh, that I wanted to see what was there to be offered in terms of breathing movement or relaxation. And one of the biggest ways to diffuse tension in the neurology is to walk properly. Oh, So a big part of that was paying attention to how I was walking, how I was breathing, where I was holding tension in my hands, in my arms, in my shoulders, in my back, in my pelvis, in my knees, in my feet. And when, and there's a, a, one of the things we do in Sistema is we'll train and then there's uh, insight or understanding in that training. If you're punching someone, someone's punching you, there's things that you think about, thoughts that come up in your head, mm-hmm. that then there's an opportunity to walk between those exercises that we do with your partner to talk about insights you have. What did you learn? What did you notice? What came up for you? And in doing so, it allows the neurology to process the experience it just had. And the walking helps diffuse it. It's the same kind of concept when you see um, wild animals in a zoo. They pace back and forth. And that's to diffuse the tension in their neurology. So um, it's a similar thing. When the body, when when we walk, it allows the neurology to integrate the experience that it just had. Why walking? What, what's, I mean, I understand that's exactly what I do on a subconscious level. If I have to sort through something or get back to a non-anxious state, I go out and walk. But why, why walking? Is it just our default state that allows everything to move and flow and process? I'd imagine so. I, I don't know if I have like a direct answer yeah. as to why it's walking. I suppose when you have, when you look at the uh, a sympathetic neurological state uh, in the body, it's fight, flight, or freeze. So if we're walking, we're not fighting, right. we're not fleeing, and we're not freezing. So it gives a way for the body to integrate that experience without it being this uh, further excitable state. Right. Like if you were to say, okay, just stand here and talk about this, that's more of a free state. 
uh, a f- if, if you're going to fight it out and talk about it, well, it's kind of hard to talk about it. And if you're saying, okay, do this and run, um, not exactly be able to talk about it. So I was thinking more, why not? Well, yeah, I guess that would be the same as stand if you sat and meditated on it. But I, I mean, intuitively, that doesn't sound right. Walking always sounds better because your brain has a chance to crunch, which mm-hmm. I guess is your neurology processing and integrating, like you said. So that intuitively makes sense. I was just curious why walking, but well, it makes perfect sense. If you're walking with the intention of creating awareness of where you're holding tension in your physical body mm-hmm. and your breathing and you're talking, this goes back into a previous question you asked regarding how do you relax the neurology further? So if you're doing this with consciousness and intention, now what ends up happening is as you're walking and doing this, you're uh, diffusing the fear that came up as a result of the exercise, uh, getting punched, um, different areas you got punched in, getting punched in the face elicits a different fear than getting punched in the stomach, than getting punched in the back. Um, different people have different capacities to understand what's going on getting hit in different parts of their body. So by talking about that experience, um, it diffuses that in the neurology and relaxes the neurology to move it into a parasympathetic state. This creates that autonomic flexibility. I can get hit and then immediately use educated movement as a way of diffusing that tension to get my body and my neurology into a parasympathetic state as quickly as possible after that conflict that happens. Instead of it getting stuck and now the next day I wake up and my neck is sore or my back hurts or my knuckles hurt or whatever that situation is, Um, It's not stuck in the physical body. There's uh, awareness and depth that's created in the education of the neurology on a deeper level. Interesting. This may be irrelevant, but I don't know if you've played with this or someone else has, but taking that another step further where we know that you can signal or almost trick your uh, an environmental response. So that is is it possible or has anyone done visualization techniques of walking afterwards and elicited the same diffusal response? So you don't actually even need to do the movement or is that absolutely necessary? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember there was something, I think Malcolm Gladwell in one of his books mm-hmm. talked about this. You know, they yeah. had the basketball players throwing the three free throw shots and they took a group, three groups, and one group did the physical practice and the shooting. The other one did just the visualization, and the third one just didn't do anything right. to see how they did over, um, you know, whatever, how many weeks of training and see who did the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, for, as far as Sistema goes, not that I'm aware of. Right. Yeah, it's very specific practice, but I'd be very curious because – we know that visualization can cue the genes that usually switch on only from an epigenetic or an environmental stimulus. Mm-hmm. So we don't actually even need the environmental stimulus. 
it's always, I would think it'd be better for that example, just because walking to so many other things as well, not just necessarily process the, and integrate the, the diffusal, but I'm just curious. Cause that's where my, that's how my mind works. I always look for shortcuts where I probably shouldn't sometimes. Or I was curious if during training, if people just use that to sped up the process instead of having to do the full recovery and integration, if you could do that in 30 seconds and your body, and you could almost diffuse your body that quickly, something like that. Be curious if anyone had a, I don't, is there high level systema? So are, is it oh, a global yeah. thing? Uh, systema, yeah, there's systema around the world gotcha. uh, and there's different flavors of systema and different understandings of systema. Uh, Systema is Russian and the literal translation is the system, yeah. which I believe the, my interpretation of it is that they're just universal principles of how the human body functions. And by studying those universal principles by which the human body functions, you can formulate it into a martial art. You could formulate it into um, one might call it permaculture. Right. One might call it body work. One might call it, you know, uh, living, uh, ideal way to relate with your partner. Mm -hmm. And these are universal principles that are going to work across the board. It's in whatever situation or scenario that presents itself, you're going to have a universal principle to fall back on to apply in each of those types of situations. Right. And many times when you observe and you breathe and you relax and you're coming to that situation, be it a fight, be it a person in pain, be it a conflict in a relationship, be it a problem with um, you know plants growing or drainage on the land, you're looking at it from a parasympathetic state. The more you can come to that problem with in a parasympathetic state, you have the creative capacity to find the best solution for what's going on. Right. And unfortunately, most people are in that one end of the spectrum where they're in such a sympathetic state, fight or flight state on a 24-7 level that they only see the solutions as being black and white. And you can see that across the board. Whenever anyone is having an argument based on two positions, it's they're only arguing on a surface level. They're not able to articulate mm. two and three steps down that allows for a real solution to be provided. No situation is ever completely black or white. Right. <clears throat> so there's right. nuances to it. And the only way to see nuance to have the ability to have a nuanced conversation or articulate fine points of a conversation, um, you can only see that in a parasympathetic state. Right. Yeah. And most people go into immediate, and I do this if I'm not watching it, <clears throat> if I'm just too amped, uh, and then I have get on social media and immediately get defensive. Like even when I even put perceptions on the other person that I've never met in person of what they were trying to say. So yeah, it's very easy to become combative and it doesn't take a lot <clears throat> unless you're very aware of, of how charged you are to come at even basic communication from that parasympathetic state. Sure. 
Yeah. And, you know, you're not being present to the right. other person. Even if you've been in an in interaction with them before, if you give them that space to show up differently yeah. in each interaction, that allows for something different to come about through the interaction. Uh, unfortunately, what ends up happening is most people aren't looking in depth into their own patterns mm. to be able to have the self-awareness to shift those patterns within themselves to show up differently the next time they're, you're in relationship. Um, look at family, for instance. Right. So it's yeah, uh, 100%. <clears throat> so how's your pain doing going back to the weekend? Are you feel, are you any, any more recovered? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. It's good. Like it's just, there was a soreness. Right. There's a difference in the type of training. Yeah. The focus in Sistema is more on building very much like the Provilo, mm -hmm. the um, tendons, ligaments, and fascia in the body. And the achiness in tendons, ligaments, and fascia is very different than muscular soreness. This is a, can, let's pause for a minute. And <clears throat> so the, I've been getting so many questions about the Provilo since, since we put out just a tiny little clip. Yeah. So we're going to have, or working on getting our, our cine on, but just from your words, <clears throat> because there's a disconnect because people are so used to thinking about training or exercising from a purely muscular standpoint, purely sure. musculoskeletal. Although <clears throat> tendons, ligaments, and fascia is still musculoskeletal, but basically just working to get bigger mass or muscles. So mm -hmm. resistance training. Can you briefly go over compression and traction in the forms of, and what that means in relation to tension? Compression is going to be where you're straining the muscles in a way where you're lifting against gravity. That's how I see compression. There's, right. a, gravity, there's a gravity component. So if you're doing bench press, you're compressing the joints in the wrist, the elbows, the shoulders. And you're pushing against that weight from a perspective of gravity. Same thing with a squat. You're just doing different joints. Right. Um, there is, uh, there, there's the deadlift. Same type of compression that's going right. on. Uh, let's see. So what, what else we got? Uh, People overhead. were basically using... <clears throat> The comment I most commonly got, and I was like, clearly, it, it's hard to explain such a, um, a large conversation like we have on podcasts in a one-minute clip. So mm -hmm. basically, people were going, pulling day. And I was like, e that's still compression. So people were just like, pull-ups. Uh, in a way, they are somewhat correct. Right. What is not being taken into consideration is the initiation of a pulling movement from the spine. Right. So if you aren't like a snake, how does a snake move? Snake doesn't have arms. Right. The movement is initiated from an intrinsic 
muscular system that is contained from its spinal column. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Provilo does. Like, yeah, you can do like a, a pull-up kind of thing in the Provilo. Uh, you, and, and that's about the extent of it. Right. Is there are aspects of the Provilo that you can do it similarly like uh, a pull-up or a leg raise, leg pull kind of thing. That's about it. Right. The other component is how can you initiate the movement from your spine that radiates out into the, the, the extremities, into the tendons, the ligaments, and the fascia. So the movement is initiated from the spine and then translates out to the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. That is something that I'm not quite sure where else it can be recreated. I did see there was some questions about uh, Pilates reform. Lots of Pilates. Uh, yeah. Well, I wasn't quite sure what a Pilates reformer was. And I looked at a picture and I said, well, it's square, like a, like a Pervilo. But other than that, I couldn't see anything uh, similar. Right. Other than kind of the shape. It's hard to explain without someone try. I couldn't explain it if I had never tried it. I couldn't explain it. Well, it, and here's here's where we're talking about neurology, right? When people see something that they don't know what it is, they have to describe it from a reference point of what they do know what it is, right? And so they're describing it from the context of, oh, well, that's just like a pull-up. That's just like uh, on back day. Yep. Or that just looks like a Pilates reformer. Or right. that looks like something else that they know. And that's where the capacity of going into a place of uncertainty and being open without judgment allows for new information to come in. Right. And that's where many people struggle. And you get a lot of these silly um, internet arguments is because there isn't the neurological capacity of the people to be open in that space of uncertainty to the new information that's trying to be shared. There immediately, there's a quick yep. snap judgment coming from an elevated sympathetic nervous system state. Oh yeah. You know, so it's like, and until that person that's asking questions from a place of judgment, they really don't get it. It isn't worth or dignify a response. Allow them to kind of waffle in that uncertainty because somewhere in the back of their head, they're, they're like, there's something there I don't understand. Right. And if they're coming at it, until they come at it from a place of being open to that new information, they're going to be stuck where they're at arguing with themselves. It's, it's an era of online ads that basically I have this happen too, if I'm not careful is whenever you see something, the implied assumption is you should be doing this because it's better. Whereas that clip was, 
this is amazing and I've never felt anything like this mm-hmm. with no, there's no cell. It's mm-hmm. like we're not, it was just a pure experiential documentation mm-hmm. and there's a mindset shift whenever you come at it from this isn't training what we're this is decompression this is resetting neurology this is mm-hmm. so people automatically compare it to what they're doing for training like you just mm-hmm. said and they're sure. like do i have to take this into account and the best responses i saw were i could see this being used in complementary action to a to everything else and i was like exactly yeah mm-hmm. yes and is was my answer right sure. so it's just another modality but it's the only one i've ever found that because you're fully supported you can completely relax mm-hmm. and it's still strengthening you but it's everyone said yoga too and i was like it's not even close no, no, <laughs> no there's nothing that's... i've done plenty of yoga it's you're still you have to support yourself it's purely mm-hmm. muscular unless you're doing yin there's always something supporting you right so it's it's energetic like you can only last so long but right. uh yeah not, not your mom's yoga not your mom's yoga. yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i'd be amazed if i could get some uh some yoga instructors perspective on that and see see what they feel differently because they're probably pretty in tune with their neurology yes right. and and right. there's this component that there's a um a psychological and emotional component of not being in control in a preview right. that you're you have this traction on your joints in a in a machine that you just can't let go of and you're out of it it's like you got to say okay i'm done and people have to hook up the four corners and then you get unwrapped unhooked and then unwrapped and then you're out of the machine so there's there's the um you have to speak up for where you're at know yourself on some level of when your body has had the capacity for it and be able to literally hang in there until you're unhooked. Yeah, there's an element of trust for sure. But I will also point out that those people doing the the surface level arguments on the Mm. internet don't have the capacity or the wording to have the nuanced conversation from a place of experience. And that's where they're struggling is this element of uncertainty that they don't know what's going on. So until they come from a place of being able to ask questions to be open to the experience or kind of relate it, you can only answer so many questions to a point that without the experience, you'll just never know any further. Right. It's just that neurological capacity. Yes. We have to look into. Is there, when you were training over the weekend and in just in general, <clears throat> is the easiest way that you found, or I guess the healthiest, might not be the correct lens for it, to increase your neurological capacity mm-hmm. would be something like Sistema or, I mean, people will know resistance training or just picking a single modality and getting progressively better at it, which I would imagine builds your neurological capacity slowly but are there underlying principles there that that how does the neurology expand in its capacity depends on which capacity you're trying to increase okay um 
I guess ability to handle stress and return to baseline the quickest, probably. Well, the the ability to move the body to a parasympathetic state as quickly as possible on the other side of a, an intense stressor. Right. And that's where I see Sistema doing that. It's pulling you constantly because there's, there's fear of getting hit. Right. We all have an inherent fear of getting hit. And most of the time when we've been hit in our life, it's been out of some sort of emotion, some sort of anger. We've not been hit from a place that someone's there to help us. We've been hit with a strap because we did something wrong. I don't know. My generation got right. Yeah, their ass beat pretty good. But you know, my mom went to Catholic school. There are plenty of stories. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so there's that place where even, um, even if you didn't get hit, there, there's not understanding physical touch in a way and what it means. There's no distinction. And in society, we either kind of have this, um, we, we really don't touch, or when we do touch, it's uh, purely sexual. Right. So there isn't like this nuance of touch. Uh, so Sistema provides that in a way through the striking, through um, we walk on each other, like a massage. Mm. Um, there is, um, you know, striking with different uh, with the fists with the with the feet with sticks uh, with uh, there there are di different you think of different weapons and you right. train the body to feel and understand how to move away from those experiences and then on the thinking back again to sort of in, on the, the more muscular paradigm, increasing your neurological capacity for, I guess, for stress and not necessarily coming back. Is there a healthier way to do that than, than most to be able to just, I guess, expand the capacity of your neurology to stretch without breaking, without giving you like a panic attack or without paralyzing you? How do you slowly increase that... Um, that stress response, being response, in yeah. stress response. There's a, there comes in the skill of the instructor to be able to recognize that in their students, that you'll see how they respond and what there's a tendency that your question comes from a place where from a societal perspective, we don't trust that a person will be able to handle it. We play to the lowest common denominator in society right now as to who doesn't want to get offended or who doesn't want there to be upset or who, whatever it is. It's just, we just keep lowering the bar to this place where now we're uh, coddling to who could whine the loudest. Yeah. And that doesn't serve society. That doesn't make for a strong society, strong community, strong people, both mentally, physically, emotionally. It doesn't exist when you're catering to the lowest common denominator. So being able to give these stimuluses 
to the nervous system, to the physical body. See how the student handles it. See if the student comes back. <laughs> and the idea in Systema is you don't, it, the, the analogy was given to me in the beginning of my training that there's like an egg in each, in the, inside of each of us. And you want to strike the body just enough to crack the egg mm. from which something more beautiful grows from that. You don't want to crush the egg because if right. you crush the egg, the person feels overwhelmed and doesn't know what to do with that experience. And there's less of a tendency for that student to want to come back. There's no motivation because they don't feel stronger on the other side of that experience. Right. <clears throat> the idea is if we crack it, it grows. And we did, we do that in, with the Pravilo. Oh yeah. We start 25 pounds on each corner. You're, you're not even suspended off the ground. You just get that slight tension on the joints and you breathe. You see how it feels. You see how your mind handles it, your emotions and things like that. And then you let them noodle on that for a mm -hmm. week. And the next week they come back and we, we saw women doing that. Oh, yeah. They're like, I want to get suspended now. I yep. want more tension in there. And it's because we didn't overwhelm the neurology. Right. It isn't that old school mentality of like, well, we'll see how much you can handle before you break. No, that doesn't really, that mentality also doesn't a lot for uh, a stronger community, a stronger society, a stronger person, because now you're breaking them. Right. And they have, there's no, in, there's nothing to work with. So by giving them that little bit, each time they show up, give them a little bit more and a little bit more and see where their mental state is. See if they got a good sleep, see how their body feels, yep. see, see how uh, their emotions are. If they feel fragile, well then maybe we don't do much. There's breathing, movement, relaxation. We don't do any striking maybe that day. But then the next time they come up and you can see their, their psyche needs it. Their psyche needs to be pushed mm. physically, mentally, emotionally. They can handle it. Deliver yeah. it. And they, they'll come back stronger. And this is where I don't believe as a society, we're looking at training in a way that builds that up to make everybody stronger. It, you know, you have on one end of the spectrum, you have the CrossFit kind of deal mm -hmm. where it's like push, 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 and then the body breaks. And then there's how do they come back from that? And they usually kind of tape it up or put a knee sleeve on or something like that, take some painkillers, and they want to get back in the gym. But there's no like really being present to where the body is at any one given time. Right. Yeah, I mean, well put. I did it. I mean, I've, yep, I've done that. Yeah, I did it. That's how I got into the knee business. <laughs> right, true. Good point. Shit out of myself until my body couldn't handle it anymore, and then finally my body was like, eh. "So, anyways, I know you wanted to keep this one a little I, bit." Shorter. I was going to say that might be a good place uh, to stop because I have a guest popping over who I haven't seen in a while. 
Okay. <clears throat> Anything you wanted to let people know? Uh, we still yeah. have your physical reset on Tuesday. Are you live streaming that remotely at this we point? Will, we're looking at it in March. Gotcha. We, okay. We've Coming spoken up. Spoken with or Randy, and we're talking about that in March. Same thing with Sistema yes. training on Saturday mornings at ten thirty. We got the Provilo. The women started eight o'clock on Friday mornings, and then what? Are the men are at nine thirty. Right. Yeah. And, Give or take 15 minutes. Yeah, there yeah, were way more women than men this last time around, which is surprising and, and refreshing. It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing that in person here in Western North Carolina. I have the you know 15-minute console. If someone wants yep. to talk to me about the knees or whatever pain they're dealing in their body, um, let's see. You probably want to put the Sovereignty Lab. I'll put all, everything in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we'll, we'll kind of talk over how to get those other things hooked up but yes that's about it oh one more thing um mm -hmm. i'm working with um one of my buddies who's also a system instructor about doing like a, a weekend where we would do oh. sistema check this out sistema provilo sistema sweat lodge cold plunge wow so we would get it all um yeah that's a weekend that's a retreat Right. So we would do it like Friday to Sunday ish, something like that, where people can get an immersion thing. I already talked with Rob over at Mandala Chocolates, okay. Mandala Springs to uh, host that and people would stay, you know, camp or whatever mm -hmm. accommodations he has or things like that. But I thought that would be fun. So we're working on pulling that together. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah. And if anyone wants to keep up with that. I always have the <clears throat> newsletter that you put out in the mm -hmm. show notes. So if someone wants to get involved in that, then join the newsletter and you guys put out very active, responsive new newsletters. So mm -hmm. that's how and, uh, also the water stuff. Oh we're, yeah. We're going to have the conversation about the water stuff. That's your yes. area. Um, with Ashley, we're going to mm -hmm. have that conversation Thursday about, uh, what are we talking about? Sovereignty right. Labs being a fill-up station for, for electrolyzed reduced water. Yeah, do that. Yep. And then uh, your coaching as well, your nutritional yes. stuff. And then um, I don't know if you saw the – we got the um, the lab. Oh, yeah, you were there last mm -hmm. Friday. So you saw Completely it. Completely rearranged. Yeah. Tweaked around. It got oh, further yeah. tweaked out. So we have availability for the PEMF. The yes. multi-wave oscillator machine, the plasma ball, all those kind of things um, where people can access that. And then uh, you and I also need to chat about the, um, the training if you want to do trainings. Yes. Over there Because that right. it's, all, it's all opened up, so it's easy to access now. Yeah, this space is, is a full, <laughs> every modality you can think of, training and recovery space. So traditional resistance training, there's the... Uh, sympathetic and parasympathetic training with Previlo. There's living design technologies. The space is pretty remarkable for for not being like a massive warehouse where you'd yeah. usually have this many types of tech. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we'll put all that in the show yes, notes. And uh, anybody have any questions, just reach out to Alex or myself and we'll be doing it. I think we're good now. We'll be streamlining it moving forward on Wednesdays at or Tuesdays at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. Correct. 
yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, I will, I'll give you a call after this, Bill. I got a couple things I got to chat with you about. Cool.